Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports and you get our Game of Thrones recaps, which apparently a lot of people are doing these days. But we enjoy the show and we enjoy recapping it, so why the hell not keep doing it? Uh, with me today is Kevin Miller. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, not bad. I'm doing all right myself. And also Rob Kaufflesh is here. How's it going, Rob? Uh, so far, so good. All right, good, good. So last week... Uh, I had the Lee Pox on, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you, I probably should have been harder on episode three. Yes. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I went a little, I, I'll say I, I went a little soft on episode three. I, 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 I focused a little more on what, what I liked about it as opposed to what I didn't like. And yeah, I mean, episode three was not very good. Episode. There were some good bits, which would make you think yeah. that the episode is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were some parts just, that I liked, but. On a whole, during the episode, I just remember thinking that this is really boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot happened there. Well, no matter what you're watching, movie, TV, anything, if, if you're watching something and you can't find at least one thing you like about it, you're you're not it, doing it properly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, now that said, boy, they brought the heat in episode four. Oh, yeah. Woo! They fixed any issues oh. in the last one. Oh, in some cases, Lord. literally. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right at the end. Um, I, I went back and I did a little research and I found that Game of Thrones for the, the for the fourth episode of every season, mm-hmm. they've brought the heat. Oh, really? Yeah. So let, let, let's go back through it here. Season one mm-hmm. was Catelyn Stark and her citizens arrest of Tyrion awesome, at the okay. end. Yep. Yeah. Season two was Melisandre giving birth to a demon baby. Okay. At the end of season four. Reference in this episode. Or, or season two. Yeah. Uh, season three was Daenerys uh, yes. taking the Unsullied army. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking the Unsullied Here, army. Here, hold this dragon for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just a little, though. Season four was the White Walkers take Craster's child, or like the infant son, into the... Okay. Right, yes, yes. And then morph the child into one of them. And, of course, season five... The great Obara Sand speech. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting the for most you to get to the <laughs> But actually, no. But but, but uh, episode four is actually uh, season five is actually when no, I joke, but that's actually when Barristan Selmy died fighting yeah. the. Oh Son of the Heart. no! Too soon. Still too soon. <laughs> it's true. And then this this week, we end with um, Daenerys. Uh, setting fire and somehow killing like. I didn't quite understand how killing all of the the head calls translated into. Well, now you all worship me. I, I didn't quite understand that, but it it somehow worked, and and I and hopefully we're on our way with uh, with Daenerys for the first time in about it's the three same years. as it worked the first time, Pierce. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> you just I'm in a burning building and I'm going to walk out unharmed. Yeah, yeah. You so I mean, both if their leaders are dead and you display literally godly powers. <laughs> They're probably gonna bow before you, <laughs> and at this, at this point, her reputation precedes her too. Yeah, that's true. That I, I, last that's... Time. I mean, she had a much smaller number of people following her last time. <laughs> that's true, but I thought oh, it was man. pretty sweet. <laughs> oh, it was! It was an incredible sequence. Yeah. Like I, th- I thought it was great, but I mean, I just we've been going in reverse with the Daenerys plot for for so long that it's just. 
But now that we're back to something that she'd already done, that yeah. means we can go forward again. This is what I we mean, call yeah. cyclical storytelling, and they came back around. Like They basically did a lot of pulls from season one in this episode, and I really enjoyed it for that reason. Like I think this is probably the best episode so far this season. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually call this family reunion the episode. Yeah. Reunited, his brother, it feels so good. <laughs> specifically, brother-sister reunions. We had three of them this week. Yeah, and I was waiting for so, it because as soon as I'm like, all right, now show Theon because we need a third one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yara and Theon, John and Sansa, and Loras and Marjorie. It was brother, brother-sister brother reunion week on... Tell uh, me you on, didn't smile during that John Sansa reunion. <laughs> oh, yeah, when, when she showed up, because, well, I, I was thinking about it because... I had to go, re, go back and rewatch episode three. In episode three, Jon Snow gives uh, that one guy his coat and then leaves and heads to the front door. I honestly thought he left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I took we, it for granted oh, that he, he was gone already. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely did. And then when we see him at the beginning of season four, he's packing up his stuff. So I like to imagine Jon Snow got one foot out the door and was like, oh, fuck, I forgot my stuff. Oh, stuff. And, like, and then ran back to like. He was just like, oh, shit, my stuff. God damn it. And then he had to run back and just be like, oh, Remember oh, that sorry. cool exit I had? Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take six. Out, you back. <laughs> and then that was enough of a... That, that was enough of a, a jumping off point or, or enough of a delay, I guess, for, for Sansa to get there. Yeah. And we, we finally no longer, like, like ships passing because... Uh, Leapock and I discussed that last week that we were worried that because again it looked like Jon Snow was just like I'm out of here yeah. and then he dropped the mic and left yeah. and then he was going to leave just as Sansa showed up and it was going to be what? And in Mike's defense yeah. that is classic George R.R. R. Martin <laughs> yeah oh yeah it was the total like like and the Starks particularly with the oh, yeah, constant no, passing good. of the night like like passing like ships in the night like they did it with Sansa and fucking Arya in season three or four when uh Littlefinger has her leave the Eerie just before the Hound gets her right, there. Right, and Arya literally laughs out loud. <laughs> yeah, 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 much like the audience, right? It's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh, they did it for most of, like, in the books it happens, like, conspicuously all the time, to the point where you're used to it. The big one was in uh, book three, or season three in this case, where you're like, oh, you know, the Hound, he's got Arya, they're traveling together, and they're going to go... He's gonna go like ransom her back to Rob Stark and Catelyn Stark. I heard they're having a wedding at the at the twins right now. <laughs> Surely nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> oh, your whole family is dead. You get to see the corpses before we leave. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> this is what weddings are like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bad. Um, I guess there's a lot of torment and Brienne shipping that's gone on. Over the last oh, man. <laughs> you know what though? That was fantastic. I love him just staring her down like I want to climb oh. you like a mountain. <laughs> Hungry eyes, I feel the magic between you and I. Oh, that was so good. I, I absolutely love that. Love that. That's classic. That's Corbin though, and I love him every time he's on oh, screen. So intense absolutely. all the time. And and they both have had run-ins with bears in the past. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this is this is the classic uh, the bear and the maiden fair right here. <laughs> uh, no, the 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 scene that I didn't expect and loved when it happened uh, was the confrontation between uh, Brienne Davos and Melisandre. That, that yeah. was a wonderful scene because I'm like, yeah, ooh, was... these three are gonna talk. This should be fun. <laughs> like this was this was effectively uh, Stannis' eulogy, and Brienne just yeah, comes yeah. in and kicks the casket over and leaves. <laughs> Yeah, he confessed before I executed him. Deal with it. 
Yeah. Bye. Oh. <laughs> oh man, like that 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 scene was great. I I just the three of them just talking and and um they they laid the foundation for because uh, it seemed like Davos was going to find out what happened to Shireen yeah. for a second there yeah, and then yeah. and then Brienne shows up and was like, no, you're finding out about an entirely different piece of information uh, and then Melisandre left and then Davos was kind of like, hey, I'm not finished talking to you. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I like this understated version of Melisandre where she has had her faith shaken a bit. And be, and it's been a largely restored now in John, but as a result, because she's been kind of, and I'm going to use the word here, because she's been burned before, uh, she's not as snappy with a comeback anymore, and I kind of like it. Yeah. She looked yeah. uh, she looked kind of scared there during that. Well, scene. yeah, like she's, she's she's kind of playing things a little close to the vest right now, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Because uh, I'm sure that will come out because they've done it now in episode four, and I can't wait to see angry Davos again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because Damon Davos, you're right. What did happen to Shireen? Why did that happen? <laughs> Too <Yeah>. soon. <laughs> uh, quick question. This is this is apropos of nothing. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you guys think we'll ever see Braun again? <sighs> Probably not. Maybe like episode eight. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, he's still in the show. I don't think so. Oh, sorry, Bran. I heard Bran. Yeah. Um, no, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll we're definitely going to see Bran. <laughs> yeah, Bran will be back next week, I guarantee you. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, I saw a preview for next week's uh, episode, and he'll be back in the mix. Yeah, I, I, I think right. we'll see Bran again. I think we'll get at least one more. Now, right. here's the thing, and this is a, a, I'm going to be completely out of hand here, because this was a clickbait article that I did not actually click on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But apparently, like, uh, Cersei, uh, Lena Headey, and the dude who plays Braun, whose name I never bothered to learn, uh, apparently they cannot stand each other in real life. Like, they used to date or something like that. Interesting. <laughs> so they have never been in a scene together and will never be in a scene together. And because she's kind of <laughs> central to the uh, King's Landing plot at this point, I don't think he'll be back. And I honestly don't think we'll miss him. Interesting. Very interesting. I could I could um, see him coming back uh, with the Sand Snakes potentially, not necessarily with them, but in a scene with them again. Hmm. Oh, they had that terrible, the, the worst chemistry ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that terrible line at the end of. Jeez. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, maybe we haven't seen Dorn since uh, the execution. Yeah, since that like thirty seconds we got in in episode one. <laughs> if I had to I, guess, I would say that we won't see any more of Dorne until like some sort of cliffhanger season finale thing. Oh yeah, or until because they because they're dealing with the faith right now, and mm-hmm. I suspect that they're gonna do that to the detriment of paying attention to anything else. <laughs> well, yeah. that that can be concerning if they're gonna wait until the end of the season to to show anything and leave it as a, a cliffhanger. There's not that many episodes left after this season. From what I heard, there's only going to be another season and a half. Yeah. So, if it's a, let's say it is miraculously two more seasons after this, we're looking at 20 episodes, but I don't think we're, there's going to be 20 episodes after this season's over. Hmm. So, you start losing a lot of episodes to wrap up all these plots. That's a decent point, but I mean, knowing what we know about this world, I expect there will be a lot of plots that aren't wrapped up, too. That's that's true. And then don't necessarily need to be. Yeah. And also, they could just go in and it's just like, yeah, we're going to build up this story over here in Dorne, 
and then it just it, not that it fizzles, but they try to do their thing and they just get squashed and it's just mm. like a one episode. It, basically like a, a sore spot for you there, Pierce. But and uh, I actually the episode the with Oberyn. Mm-hmm. Here's Oberyn and he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, at least that was several episodes. We got to love him despite knowing what his fate would ultimately be. <laughs> well, you book readers did. Yeah, well, true. I mean, even Pierce, like, he saw him in the episode. He's like, I love this guy, and he'll be dead by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah he was... I'm, I'm surprised we got eight episodes of... Uh... <laughs> I know. There was the one episode I think we watched, um, I don't know if it was the May 2-4 weekend or something like that that year. But, uh, no, I came up to Barry once, and we watched uh, the episode where he names himself as Tyrion's champion, and you were like, yes! Yeah, great, no! Great <laughs> yeah, still a great You're scene. Like, I love and hate that bit. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, just signed your own death certificate, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had the astonishing return of Natalie Dormer in this episode. Uh, and the uh, not-so-glorious return of... I think we got our first glimpse of Iron Fist in uh, this season, right? That's true, I guess, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I rather enjoyed that stuff where... Uh, I tell you, I'm getting a little sick of... Hearing speeches from the High Sparrow every episode. Yeah, Jonathan Price. Yeah, Jonathan Price speeches. I'm getting a little sick. Like, I'm, I, like they, they're... they're Drilling it into us the same way they're, and we'll, we'll get into this later. The same way where they're they're drilling in how Ramsey is basically just human garbage. Yeah, like we, we get it. Like, we don't need a five minute scene about it every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and like we get it exactly with the high sparrow. Although the one this week at least, um, I think planted a few more seeds with with Natalie Dor. You got to see Natalie Dormer and Marjorie, and then and Marjorie went. It was a great character moment for those two because Marjorie was like. He's trying to break us. I know he is. And the guy's like, I'm already broken. <laughs> <It's too late. laughs> yeah, I just want to leave. Yeah. And, and he's just like, how how much stronger she is than him. And uh, I just, it was, that one was a little better than the fact that I think the High Sparrows had two five-minute scenes he's, with him. He's had other ones. And, and that, that's why it's kind of weird to say, because I agree with you. I don't think that we need one every episode. Uh, yeah. But generally, they've been good. Yeah. Yo, oh, yeah, I'm not... I, like, like I, I, I agree with you, so I don't really. I'm, it's hard because it's like I really like the scene that he had with Jamie, and I think episode two. Yeah. Oh, that was he had one with Tommen last episode that I thought was pretty good because at no point you have confidence in Tommen as a king. Yeah, uh, yeah but Cersei, I think this. Yeah, and, and like Cersei in the first episode, I think, and 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 then Natalie Dormer, uh, Marjorie in this one, like in every single episode that there's been so far, I think. Don't quote me on that, but uh, and and largely I've enjoyed them, but it's getting a bit repetitive. I agree. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it it seems like that's going to be the 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 main because they always they always have something going on as a build up to episode eight. It feels episode like nine, yeah, you think that's going to be like our um, yeah eight nine <laughs> like yeah kind. I think that's going to be the the build up between. Uh, uh, the Tyrells, the Lannisters, and then the Faith Militant and the High Sparrow. If you, and it feels like I that's love the way they call him the Faith Militant too. It's so much cooler name than what they call him in the book. <laughs> Which is uh, so in the book, uh, all of the knights that serve the Faith all wear like a seven-sided crystal prism around their neck to basically mm-hmm. represent the Faith, and as such, they're called the Rainbow Knights. <laughs> really, oh, Lord. <laughs> Which isn't awful, but it's like oh, it doesn't sound as you know, HBO as the fan. Yeah, 
the faith militants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and those guys don't wear anything like I mean, generally uh, in both cases they're called the sparrows, but like and by you know, the same way that the uh Night's Watch is called the Crows, for example. It's kind of like an informal name that everyone calls them. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. I mean in both they're calling them the, the sparrows, but their formal name is the uh Rainbow Knights, or in this case the Faith Militant. <laughs> Definitely a different vibe. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Uh, speaking of Cersei, she had two really good scenes this week. One was her with Tommen, and we got to see Grand Meister, uh, Meister Pycelle. And I, I mentioned earlier that I was easy on episode three. I was not easy on that fucking fart joke that That's they threw right. in yes. oh in episode God. three. Like, good <laughs> lord! At least, at least when Pycelle left the room, he didn't fart this time. Like, good lord! Oh, good, Fuck you, good heavens, your grace! I've shit my pants. <laughs> like, good. Like, I can't believe they went with the fart joke. Like, that was <laughs> what's next? The flapping dicky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> He's so sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So bad, um, but the the scene with Cersei and Tommen was really good. And then I, I tell you, I thought small the scene. Part. Yeah, I thought that oh, that God. like impromptu small council meeting was going to end up being the best scene of the week until Daenerys burned all those uh, burned that tent with all the people in it. Yeah. Uh, but like the small council meeting was fantastic and and excellently scored with the way the reins of Castamere would swell as, oh, yeah, yeah. as the <laughs> so good. breaks in the speech. Oh, it was ab- like absolutely fantastic. And then they have their little plan. I mean, I didn't really get their plan. And I guess it's because it, part of it is because I'm not a very smart person, but so their plan is to have it, what's left. Of constellation, our plan wasn't well developed. <laughs> yeah. But like, they had pieces. They had pieces. Yeah, it's, it's a lot was it's, left unsaid, I think. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like they had, and also nobody, everybody seemed like they. So basically, it was like they had two fifths of a plan, and then everybody in the room was holding on to like one of the other fifths of the plan because for like betrayal purposes later on. <laughs> and, oh, of course. And so, like the plan, the plan started out where Jamie says, "Okay, bring the Tyrell army here," and then when Marjorie brings their when they bring Marjorie out to do the Walk of Atonement, we'll take her and then not fight. Yeah, we'll take her, but we won't fight, was like what Jamie said. And I was like, what? How does that work? I'm actually, here's what I want to happen. I want whatever whatever half-baked plan they have to just blow up in their faces and then both of them realize, oh yeah, we're not Tyrion, we can't get away with this shit. (laughs) Hey, we're not actually that smart, as as smart as we think we are. Yeah, it it just the plan didn't make sense to me. It was like Cersei Lannister, and I think I'm Machiavellian, but I'm just kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't even get what their plan was. And then like the week before, they were planting seeds of like we're gonna somehow challenge the uh, High Sparrow to a trial by combat, and I'm gonna name Zombie Mountain as my champion, yeah. and then they'll name nobody, yeah, I who, guess, right? Yeah. And, well, that was that was the whole bit because, and that one made sense at least, but it probably won't yeah. come to that because the High Sparrow is not an idiot either. <laughs> yeah. But it, it basically comes down as soon as they press for like they did the, the ritual of atonement, but uh, you know Cersei's still confined to the Red Keep until she has her formal trial, and once she's formally accused of something, she can demand trial by combat. Yes. So the, yeah, that part of the plan made sense. The the, the plan that. Marjorie had was ne- or the, their plan to be like 
we'll bring a bunch of soldiers here, and then hopefully yeah. they get the message, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we'll bring a bunch of soldiers here, and <laughs> we'll grab Marjorie, and hopefully they won't fight back. <laughs> it seems like their plan, and it's just... Well, all the fighting is just the Tyrell army, know. right? Like, it, it's I... not anything in King's Landing. That's yeah, they're going to bring up uh, the forces from the Reach. The, the I think the impression that they're getting across here is that's going to be something between like a civil war and the Cold War, where it's very much just like threat of force because Noah wants to be the aggressor in this case mm-hmm. because it's the Church and it's the Crown, <laughs> and you I really guess, can't you really can't pick a good side there. <laughs> when they were when they were lining out that plan, I was like. Boy, that shit seems flimsy. <laughs> well, yeah, especially it's, when you consider just, like knowing what we know about Cersei, she's gonna make she's gonna be the aggressor. <laughs> she's yeah, possibly just, the most aggressive person on the continent. They just did a first draft, so yeah. They like, just like I said, we've got <laughs> we've got two fifths of a plan. They still <laughs> need to go back and revise it. How many yeah, how many fifths of a plan you have, Maester Pycel? Go off in their own corners, come up their. Pl- you work on this part, come back, we'll just all throw it together. It'll work fine. Oh, I just want Kevin Lannister to smack him all in the face. That guy's so much cooler than he lets on in the show. Well, he's, I like him in the show, Oh, too. yeah, like, no, and, did... and that's what I mean, but I think that they're underusing him. And, and not that he's, like, a yeah. central character or anything in the books, but, you know, you, you never hate him, and you always kind of, you know what, I like you. Like, you're definitely Tywin's brother. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Tyrion earlier. I did. I mean, great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Classic Tyrion. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, End of the case. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this once, and hopefully I, I never have to repeat this. If we're having Tyrion scenes, I want infinitely less Masandian Grey Worm and infinitely more Varys. Yeah. I don't think, did Varys have it? He was there, he, but I don't, I don't think he had I don't think he opened his mouth. I, I don't think he had a line in this episode. He was there. Like, he was standing behind Tyrion for a couple of those scenes yeah. and, and shuffled around from room to room with him. But I don't think Well, Varys I understand what uh, Tyrion was trying to do here, and I don't think that those yes. plans would have been served well by bringing Varys instead of Missandei and Grey Worm. No, I'm just saying as a fan... No, no, I, I guess so. Less Grey Worm, more Varys, because... Good Lord. I mean, just standing there going, I am a soldier. It's, it just, just doesn't do it for me. Unlike Varys, who, who basically had the, the, the one great scene in uh, episode three there where he was talking about where, where he was. He convinced that horror to basically give up all the information without ever, you know, raising a fist or anything like that. And it was just. Yep. Yeah. And then leave town forever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then get her, yeah, exactly, and then classic leave town forever type. Uh, yeah, or, that, that or, was the one good memorable scene that I remember from last episode. Yeah, yeah more Varys and uh, Tyrion would be fantastic. I always like Varys. Actually, while we're on the topic, we can segue pretty easily into the return of Littlefinger. Yeah, by God, that's <laughs> Littlefinger's music. I know. As soon as the wagon pulls up, I'm like, there he is. Here he comes. Yeah. Actually, my first thought in that scene was that it was another Bran flashback when it showed the veil, and I'm like, is that like King Robert as a kid, oh. <laughs> like failing miserably to fire an arrow? <laughs> well, they put the eerie in the opening credits for the first time in a while. At least, I yeah, at least since the beginning of last season. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they, I don't think we've been to the eerie for the longest time. No. Um, it seemed like. <sighs> 
um, this one was a really tough one for me to swallow as a, I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm that whole scene. I was just taking on faith of the show as opposed to like, it's like, <laughs> well, just feeling like this is something somebody could actually do even in this fantasy world and get away with it oh. because like it was clear. And uh, what was that? Uh, oh, Lord Royce. That, Lord Royce. I was going to say every week we play who the fuck was that. And, <laughs> and this week it's, it's Lord yeah, listen, Royce. I couldn't have called, they definitely said it in this episode. I couldn't have told you otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, is that a character? In the it book is, here? but I mean like he's been in eight seconds of the show before. So who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. He had like, I wouldn't have recognized him, you know? Yeah. And I guess he's the leader of the, I guess he's the general of the arm. Of yeah. The yeah. So yeah. he's, he's basically one of the high Lords of the veil. And, and so the, like, you know, uh, Robin, um, uh, Robin Aaron is their uh, liege lord, so it, it's like um, yeah. you know if Ned Stark was the leader of Winterfell, then you know Bruce Bolton would give his loyalty to Ned, despite the fact he's a lord in his own right. Yeah. So I've already forgotten the guy's name. Royce. Royce yeah, okay. yeah. Royce. Yeah. So Royce calls up. <laughs> Royce calls out Littlefinger on obvious bullshit, right? Like, it was obvious, like, hey, you know, you don't gotta be Batman or Sherlock Holmes to put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, hey, Littlefinger, like, remember when you showed up here for a day and a half and then Liza died? <laughs> yeah. And still, so, I still think something's fishy there. <laughs> yeah, and, like, so he, he comes back and he's like, you know, all this stuff has happened, and it seems rather suspicious, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that it was probably you. Anybody want to back me up on this? And then Littlefinger didn't really do anything other than go to that kid and say, like, hey, kid, have this guy kill, or, like, I'm going to threaten to have this guy get killed, and then he'll back off. And it was like, I don't know. It was like, I mean, it was a fun scene, but at the same time, I was like, shit was a little flimsy in that one where it was... Well, yeah, I mean, you're under no... You're under uh, no misconceptions. Like, everyone who was in that scene was aware of what Littlefinger was doing, but they weren't really in a position to say anything. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, well, do you openly want to, like, point out my bullshit here, or do you want to die? <laughs> or do you want to keep living? <laughs> Robin doesn't, also doesn't seem to care one way or the other about Well, yeah, and, and that's just it. If so it's just like, just so what about this guy? this guy's a traitor, then he'll, he'll fly out the moon door. It's his favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate that little finger this time gave him a gift that he can't throw through the moon door. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> he, he can try. He still could. Well, he could. But he could throw it through the moon door, but it's not going to work. Right? Hopefully, like, hopefully not. Yeah. Um... Ah, uh, what else did we have? Oh, uh, Osha uh, went by Felicia this week. Yeah, can uh, I talk about that scene for a second? Drew, my first nitpick about that scene was before it even panned up to show us that it was Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, for someone whose family... That he was peeling the skin off an apple? <laughs> no, for someone whose family pride is flaying people, he was doing a shitty job of peeling that apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what like, I thought. Like, I'll play for you, Ramsey. <laughs> Yeah, he was getting a lot of. He was taking up like, and it showed the apple at some point. There's like, like an octagon, and like, come on, man! <laughs> like his 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 yield on that apple was was not great. No, right? like, come it on. was it was very poor. <laughs> but like, it was obviously this whole thing of like, oh, look at him peel this apple, just like he peels people. I hate to see what Theon's junk looks like if that's what he did to that apple. <laughs> so, I I got a call late from Mike Leapock who wanted to have. Uh, uh, one thing to say about this episode, and that is, 
he messaged me and he basically said, all right, get ready, get hyped for Bastard Bowl 1, because here we go, John versus Ramsey. <laughs> that, was, that was the Mike Lee. Yep, Fox Snow movie. v. Snow. Yeah, yep. Snow v. Snow. Yeah, that's definitely on Bastard. in the cards now. Yeah, Snow v. Snow and Bastard Bowl 1. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. put Ramsey away for his horrible crimes, <laughs> but now he's going to get revenge on the Starks. <laughs> oh, man. Um... What else do we have in this episode? Oh, we got the uh, Theon with his officer and a gentleman moment of I've got no place else to go when he uh, went back to the pike. That was I want to spend more time at the pike. I really like the whole... Uh, like I said, we're getting a king's moot, and I, yeah, I fully yeah. expect uh, it to be a shit show, so... That oh, should be, what, next episode? or the Well, maybe not next episode. I, I think uh, that five, they will build six. up to it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I give it an episode or two. I don't think it's all going to happen in one episode, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, we got more of Lord Friendzone and Dexter St. Jock. A uh, little bit of those guys. Um, don't worry. <laughs> the gray scale didn't touch you. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that answers the question of it's not just, oh, I have grayscale. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> My normal hands are touched you because that answers the question that goes episodes back. Uh, mm-hmm. With the Daenerys, yeah, we're getting yeah. out of the the Colosseum. Uh, yeah, I guess you actually have to touch the grayscale in order for it to transmit or whatever. That's that's the like implication. The, yeah, yeah. Um, those two had some of the worst solid snake moves I've ever seen in my life in in that episode. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't to, have the right box. That's all. No, up to and including Jorah's like Jack Sparrow run. Throws <laughs> the sand. Well, not just that, but he threw the sand, but there was the bit when they were first sneaking around and they did the thing where, like, they were around one corner and they're like, we got to get to the one corner. And Jorah started running like Jack Sparrow, where he was, like, flailing his arms in this very, like, effeminate fashion. And it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, trying not to draw attention to yourself and you're, like, running arms flailed. Like, oh, God, made me sick. <laughs> it's like, what are you yeah. doing? Come on. Like. Some of the worst sneaking I've ever seen. That was also a callback to first season two because he claimed to be a wine merchant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He did. That that was his like fake uh, way of getting around, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think the line might have literally been lifted from that that uh, episode. I think this would have been uh, like episode four or five of season one too, when he's like, you know, come back tomorrow and I'll give you a cask of Arbor so beautiful it'll make you cry or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's got his go-to uh, plan. That's good. He's <laughs> not getting mixed up in his lies. You know what I was actually expecting to happen when he was losing that fight to the Dothraki dude? I said him to like brandish his arm at the guy and be like, get back. <laughs> I've got diseases. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly thought that was going to come too. And that's actually a better move than going to the... Fan. Well, yeah, he, sha, pack sand. Ah! <laughs> and if you're going to throw sand in a dude's face, at least like get a big... Like, he threw, like, he picked up, he's like, I'm going to, it was like he was Emerald Legacy trying to, like, bam a, a thing with salt. He was like, bam, with sand. Like, pick up a handful and, like, whip it at the yeah, guy. Good, good on that Dothraki guy, though. I've never seen anyone dodge pocket sand before. <laughs> yeah. God, Jorah can't die soon enough. Uh, <laughs> well, really he's on the clock, so we know that. They're, they're dragging think, it yeah. out, that's for sure. That's true. It seems I, like it's... Well, here's my theory. Now that Dario knows... 
I mean, that's enough of a plot point for me to expect that he'll be dead by the end of the season, probably with some sort of uh, 24-esque noble sacrifice. Of some sort, yeah. yeah. He knows he's on the clock, and he's just picking his moment. I, I'm getting a little sick of Amelia Clark's one face that she makes. Like, oh, her, her I, I, <laughs> don't fuck with me face. <laughs> yeah, it's not her. It's her smug like I'm gonna get you face. I, just, God, I hate it. It's, I don't know. Irritates the shit. Like I thought Ming Na Wen had only one expression in Agents of Shield, but holy fuck, is Amelia Clark given given her a run for her money? It's just like she's got that one expression, and I just oh, yeah, and it's weird. And I mean, I don't know who else you would do it with because everyone has these moments when they're that kind of character. But I feel like Daenerys has had enough badass moments over the course of the show, and I was ex- I was hoping we'd get a little bit more of her being rattled this season. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that plot, her plot has been moving. Like that resolved quickly. <laughs> yeah, her plot has been, which I'm kind of glad it did because we, like, we could go something. Yeah, we're going backwards and, and side to side and in and, and some sort well, of weird, yeah, like, southwest. I don't need her to be a conqueror or anything like that. I just needed something to happen. Her getting taken out of Marine was the best thing that's happened to her in a long time. I yeah, don't need her to be like, well, now I've got a thousand, you know, 100,000 more Dothraki soldiers now back to Marine. Yeah, if she's ever back in the, yeah, oh, if that, and don't think that that might not happen. Uh, like, I'm saying it probably yeah. will. Yeah, and if it does... Good lord. Like, if she's back sitting in that one goddamn room, and, like... <laughs> like, if we go from her tipping over the, these brazers, and then, you know, the, 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 the mother of dragons, the breaker of chains, the, the freer of slaves, the tipper of brazers. <laughs> like, if she... If she like if we go from her tipping brazers and walking out of a hut on fire to her back in that stupid room arguing with uh, like, Masandi and... and uh, Varys and Tyrion about how to deal with the slaves, and and we go back into crawl speed on that yeah. on that plot. Fuck me, like, like they just got to bring back the dragons again. At least yeah, I don't at least Tyrion freed the two. Yeah, so, that's another th- like that. That's another thing that they could do. Like, yeah, like all she could come back and be like the last two and a half books. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like. If she if if like she comes back in and the plot and the plot in her plot line all of a sudden becomes you freed my dragons well now I gotta go deal with this and then, like, fire. yeah and just uh, I, I mean I'm that dude from Iron Man three keep the Daenerys plot moving please yeah. like forward forward and always twirling well, and, towards and <laughs> Rob said it best and we're diverging a lot from book stuff here but if there's only like he said maybe twenty more episodes left in this series. Then yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get some sort of momentum out of this. I mean, she's the reason she couldn't do a whole lot before was because she was stretched kind of thin. Uh, hopefully, a hundred thousand Dothraki tipped that scale a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, but I like I said, I just maybe she could go over she, to Westeros now. Yeah, you got maybe, all those yeah. Dothraki as long as you know. Yeah, they love you get a big. As you get a big enough boat for them not to throw up everything. A real big boat. <laughs> Fucking man, yeah. Just like let's move forward with the Daenerys plot. Like I swear, if she's back in that stupid tower in Marine, like I want somebody to come by and just destroy that tower. <laughs> like that would be the greatest moment in Game of Thrones for me if someone destroyed that stupid room that they all sit in in Marine. Yeah. Stuff is happening, uh, guys. I, I it, it might be by the end of the season, Pierce. That's my. I hope I, so. I, that is my sincerest hope for this show. I hope so because, like, honestly, that is my that that 
room in Marine where they sit there and do nothing is probably my least favorite set piece. Like, I, I, whenever they show that set piece, I get depressed. Unlike whenever we go to Westeros and we see the set piece of the small council meeting where I'm always like, oh, shit's about to pop off. <laughs> something of consequence will happen here. Yeah. Like Which is interesting because they're effectively the same set. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like to compare and contrast two very similar sets where it's just sets where characters come together to sit there and just talk, not necessarily, not ever fight, because they've never fought in, in either of these rooms, but one of those rooms, shit happens, the other one, shit does not, and it turns backwards, and we just talk about doing stuff as opposed to doing it, yeah. and that's why the Daenerys plot sucks, and I've never, I've never forgiven Dana- the Daenerys plot for... Not advancing? <laughs> yes, for, for her, for that moment in season three or four where they actually sat there and asked her, like, we could sail the Restos. Do you want to? And then she was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I've well, never forget. And, and it sucks it. because so and the show was a great example of this, too. And they did, they did it well in season three because we got those awesome scenes where she frees all the Unsullied and she destroys Astapor with some dragons and all that. Like, that was an awesome scene. Fighting warlocks and Karth. And yeah, and, and everything was... Kyle Drago in season yeah, one. Yeah, everything for her entire story was pretty awesome for the first three and a half books, like two and a half books, halfway through book three, basically, and in, in the show, basically, till the end of season three. And then it just kind of comes to a standstill where she's playing practice queen for a city that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. Ah, so bad. I'm, well, I'm glad we've said our. I've said my piece on the Daenerys plot, but uh, well, and and we were getting stuff coming together. I don't know if you guys saw an article that was uh, kind of done by some MIT math wizards over the course of this uh, winter, uh, where they basically used some algorithms to determine like who the main characters of this story are. Oh my god! Uh, you, time did well you see spent. That article? No. Well, I'm sure it was time well spent by this brilliant individual who should probably be doing something better with their time, but go ahead. I mean, generally, but nerds are going to be nerds. There's no getting around that. True. Uh, I don't know if I would ever, like, I'm a nerd, but I don't know if I would ever devote, like, math equations to figuring out stuff on a fictional TV show. They kind of developed this algorithm based off of the books based on like which characters get the most you know quote-unquote screen time and who they associate with and you know which other quote main characters that they associate with and and stuff like that and and what sort of plays they're making and so on and you know not surprisingly this formula determined that Tyrion is the main character uh followed by Jon Snow and Sansa <laughs> not Daenerys <laughs> uh so now that we've got like, if if you want to expand that, I mean, I, I didn't read, I don't remember the article too in depth, but if we're expanding that to, like, maybe the next two characters, I would say Daenerys and Arya. Like, we're getting some people coming together now, and this can only mean that plot will likely advance more than we have seen for the last season or so. Yeah. Uh, because what happened last season, guys? What big world-changing stuff happened last season? In, in Game of Thrones, the, Game the White Thrones. Walker army got a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, but, the wildlings. But not many people even know that that's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wildlings got well. Jon Snow got stabbed, and we had to, the internet had had went into a panic for eight months. That was pretty Ooh, much that it. That was right? resolved. Nothing really came of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I'm, I'm saying guess, like, what world changing stuff happened last season? I guess I the, can't really the wildlings. Much. 
the wildlings coming down a little further south, I guess, was yep. it, right? There's, well, there uh, were a couple things that happened last season and generally revolving around either Sansa Arya. or Jon Snow. Arya yeah. was basically Sansa. out of the picture last season. Like, she was yeah. in it and doing good stuff, but she was associating with two people. Yeah, that's true. And literally, their names are no one. I guess Stannis yeah. lost. Stannis died. Stannis died, but, I mean, he was never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Well, he was I mean, father of the year at first. Until yeah. he decided to torch that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we even discussed it a year ago now that, you know, he was the unexpected MVP of Season 5 at this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. That's true. We didn't well, I think he was the MVP of the whole season. We didn't expect yeah. that, and he didn't make it the whole season, even. No. Well, I just think he did, because he didn't die until the last Oh, no, no. I mean, like, by the maybe seventh episode of last season, I was with yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, it became apparent that he was on his way out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously there are other characters. Like, I don't expect Ramsey to last past the end of this season. No, not no, no, Because no, there are other that. stuff to do with him, and I suspect it didn't have much to do with him in the first place, honestly. No, that... The uh, most one-note character. All he's good for still is killing off other loose ends of the show. The show, yeah. Uh, he's he's thinning out the numbers. Yeah, he's basically thinning out By the, the numbers. By the way, I would like to, for there to be one fucking consequence for him killing his family. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was so weird. He stabbed his dad and like everybody except for that one guy who told him to, you know, suck it was basically that yeah, that's basically you, that guy's like yes, it, suck it, but I'm also gonna give you this wildling and Rick and Stark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Cause I mean I I wouldn't be surprised if because two two years ago we had the all wall episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the season and couple seasons before we had the Battle of Blackwater, which was 90% of that episode. And then last year we had Hard Home, which was 40 minutes of a 60-minute episode of Game of Thrones. It wouldn't surprise me if episode 8 or 9 this season is, as Leapock mentioned, Bastard Bowl 1. And we spend like either an entire episode or maybe 40 minutes of a 50-60 minute episode where it's just the Boltons versus the Wildlings and... Uh, the night, what's left of the night's watch yeah. at um, Winterfell. The and only reason the end, I think it, starts, it won't be. Yeah. I don't the think the reason, I, the reason I think it won't be is because the big sort of conflict episode, season episode eight or nine of the season that always happens, the last two have been in the north. And so <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, you know, Monty Hall problem we're probably going to get a change of pace this season i'm not saying that it can't happen i'm just saying that odds are likely against it i expect that if we're going to get some big uh season or episode eight or nine conflict it's going to be some sort of civil war riot going down in king's landing yeah but they've been building the hell of that too i you know and i don't think you can get a whole episode of fighting out of that you can get a whole episode of fighting out of like Tormund and the Wildlings storming Winterfell and just guys beating the hell out of each other. That's and, a good point too. And then and then have it all culminate with. They I tell you though, I love to see the wars with the sword of Ramsay and. Jones. They could either have them uh, like episode eight's one of them, episode nine's the other, or they could just do both simultaneously and split back and forth. If that's all that's going yeah. on. That's true. They could. That's a good point, actually. That would be, be tighter. Yeah, we're getting tighter with the with the plot lines. In fact, let's not. Da- Daenerys's plot should be over for the rest of this year. We don't need to see any more of her, right? And then George, we just get one shot of George just going, <laughs> and, then, and now I die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or he just does the Stan Marsh and uh, 
in the <laughs> World of Warcraft episode where he's like, ah, ah, ah. Danny. Oh, God. Uh, Rob Coughlin. Yes. Any predictions? Because so far we've been, we've gotten the last two weeks right. Any predictions or thoughts on who might be out the door, who might be, who might die next week, or just anything in general for what you think might happen or what you might like to see happen in episode five? I don't have any predictions for who's going to, actually, I will, uh, would it be next episode though? Not sure, because we already saw them in this episode. I go crazy. Uh, Loris, I think he's going to die in the, yes. the cell. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's coming out. Yeah, like you think they're just going to open it and he's... Well, that, that yes. could be the, uh, the Franz Ferdinand of the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. was actually wondering if um, when um, when he was talking to Marjorie, if Marjorie was... If the cogs were turning of, I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if... Jeez, I wouldn't have thought that. No, I, I expected when he was, like, lying on the floor all huddled over like that, that they had, like, oh, I thought it, or cut off his thought, hand or something like that. My first thought was he was already dead. And then Marcus, oh, no, no, I didn't think he was dead. I just thought maybe they, like, cut off his sword hand or something like that or mangled it or something. Yeah. But uh, I think I think he's going to die, um, whether it's next episode or uh, episode six, depending on when that storyline uh, gets aired again. You know but what, I, Rob? I, I wouldn't have called it, but that is a good, I, that's a good theory. I like that. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to more of Bran's storyline and Arya's storyline. Yeah, well, next episode should be full of it. Yeah, definitely feel like we're going to get a little bit more brand than we've been getting. Yeah, I think that we'll get at least one brand flashback next episode. Yep. Any uh, predictions off the top of your head for who might be on their way out, Miller, or well, their way out? Like to see? Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, Nameless Ironborn is going to die next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. If they're starting the King's mood, I expect someone to be killed as a show as a power play because of yeah. course. <laughs> Look how strong I am! I'll kill this guy. Ah! Well, and then knowing how uh, the crow's eye, how Urine Greyjoy uh, does things in the book, I expect that we'll get some sort of demonstration of uh, of some sort of dangerous magic. That's my my guess. He didn't come from across the uh, the from the other continent without bringing something back. That's my guess. <laughs> All right, sounds pretty cool. Do you have any well, predictions? No, uh, I got. I got. I mean. I can't think of anybody immediately who's on the way out because two weeks ago I got that Alistair Thorne was, was gone and last week Leapock thought OSHA was going to be... I'm sorry, she even came back, honestly. Yeah, and uh, that was, yeah, so that was pretty much it. I don't have anybody off the top of my dome who I think is... You know, not I mean, uh, not long for this world because... I keep thinking Davos is going to kill Melisandre before this is all said and done. Yeah, that could be. But it certainly doesn't seem like he's not that much of a fighter. Well, it certainly doesn't seem like it's it's happening anytime soon. Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like a next week. At this thing. point, I think it's more likely that Bran and Tarth kills her. <laughs> yeah, that could also happen. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's I think more of a three or four episodes from now thing. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll happen next episode, regardless. <laughs> All right, my prediction next week is that uh, at one point, Tormund will be looking at 
Brienne and then Careless Whisper is just going to start flying. Yeah, my, my that, theory is that uh, Tormund will not blink next episode. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Nightcrawler. Uh, uh, fuck, I love Tormund. Yeah, he's the best. So, yeah, that's it for, <laughs> so that's it for our recap of episode four. What was the title of episode four? Uh, oh, Book of, Book of, of the Stranger. Stranger Book of the Stranger, which made sense. Last week, Oathbreaker didn't make a lot of sense to me. Cause sure it did. <laughs> well, nobody technically broke any oaths. Jon Snow walked away from the... <laughs> His watch. his watch ended. He was killed. Hey, listen, that's one interpretation. <laughs> yeah, 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 and a fairly accurate one as well. Well, I mean, he's... he said so himself. He's like, I died. My watch is over. I'm off the. Yes, but that means that he had to argue it with someone who clearly thought that he was breaking his own. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, well. it's, a, it's an argument that that he can make. It's a very strong argument, but it's an argument that they had to have. <laughs> I still, I get it, I get it. But <laughs> Probably not the I'm best just, title, I'm not defending it, but... Yeah, I, I just said it wasn't the best, but uh, Book of the Stranger, I guess, it's not really a great episode title either, because yeah. it's just sort of a, oh, that was the thing you read that one time that probably won't come back <laughs> and ever be a thing that we ever mention again in this show, but... We're mentioning it now just for the sake of having a title. Well, but if week, I can but... throw it at the end here, that is classic Marjorie. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely right. telling them what they want to hear, and she's laying the, the groundwork for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you feel like Natalie Dormer's making it all the way through this? Yes. Or was through this season, you? yes. Okay. And I don't have anything to base that on. I just hope so. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. And if there's one thing we've learned from watching Game of Thrones, it's always hope that your character lives through the season. Listen, and here's, here's my thought. If, if Cersei's <laughs> making it through the season, then so is Natalie Dormer. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because they, they still got to have... Uh, yeah, they got to have the their show back. Yeah, they got to have their work. Queen Bowl, uh, 2017. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Rob, Kevin, uh, great to hear from you guys again, and we'll have you back on for future recap episodes. Take care, you guys. Absolutely. Take care. All right, and now we transition to talking a little bit of sports. And if I'm talking sports, you know Craig Needles is here. How's it going, Craig? Very good. Thank you. Good to have you here. Now, how good is it to know that the greatest moment in the history of your the, the particular basketball franchise that you cheer for is no longer a dunk competition? Uh, that's actually pretty exciting. It still mm-hmm. might be the dunk competition. <laughs> <laughs> so I think so. I think I think a blowout win in a game seven at home is to get to get to the conference finals uh, is is would be slightly higher on my list. But I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, fans of not the Raptors five years from now, if you ask them and say they're like you know in our age range, let's say they're mm-hmm. in their mid thirties five years from now, which we will be, and that's scary. Um, mm-hmm. If you said to those fans. Let's say they're a fan of the San Antonio Spurs or the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. What's the most significant moment in Toronto Raptors history? If nothing big happens in the next five years, they'll say, oh, the thing I remember the most is Vince Carter in that dunk contest that time. That's true. That may be true. Yeah. Oh, Which that's, that's... Is, is fine. It was a pretty mm-hmm. awesome dunk contest. But uh, I still think that's the, the the biggest stage in Raptors history now, even after uh, the Game 7 victory. But the Game 7 victory was pretty awesome. And I kind of knew, like, uh, at the start of the second half, like, uh, Lowry hit a couple of threes. I'm like, okay, he's shooting better again. And, uh, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I kind of knew, okay, they're going to win this game. And, you know, of course, you're always nervous as a fan of a Toronto sports team that something bad might be about to happen, but I, I kind of had a good feeling that nothing bad was going to occur. Yeah, the Raptors had that 20-point lead, I think, with, like, I don't know, seven minutes left or something like that. And you could still, like, see the nervous shuffling in, right. like, the fans of the Raptors and the Toronto, just Toronto fans as they were kind of like, okay, you know, when's when's the, like, 12-0 run by the Heat coming, right? <laughs> like, there's uh, – just Toronto fans cannot help themselves. And, well, why? understandably so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I, I'm a fan. I, I mean, one of the basketball is kind of one of the sports where, as far as the teams you and I cheer for, where, where I kind of, I, I've, I've made more basketball memories than, uh, than, than you have based on my team. Now, the inverse of that happens in, as far as football goes, yes. where you have a lot more pleasant memories, and I have like one. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, it was just. It, it was just kind of funny to me because, like, I when I looked through, I was looking through the list of some of the Raptors players, and you know, when I when I looked through the list of some of the Celtics players all time, you know, you get you get your Paul Pierce's and your Larry Birds and your, you, you know, your you, to a lesser extent your Antoine Walkers, and then obviously there's your Bob Cousy's and your Bill Russells, who they named the the Finals MVP after. And as I was looking through the the names of some of these past Raptors. I was just like, man, I'm glad you guys won that game seven. <laughs> oh, because I'm just like, I'm looking at some of these names. It's just Mike the, James. The best player in franchise history deliberately quit on the team and sank his own trade value. Yeah. Uh, the next best player in franchise history. Now, this is not his fault, and I have gotten over it. But the next best player in franchise history probably knew for some time he was going to be walking out the door. And Brian Colangelo should have been able to recognize that and trade him, but did not do so. Which one was that? that? Was Chris that Bosch. Oh, Bosch. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sorry. Right. Uh, I forget Bosch. Yeah, yeah. Shame well, on yeah, Shame He's on. the second best player in franchise history. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even want to call Tracy McGrady the third best player in franchise history because you have to remember that he wasn't as much as he was until after he had left the Raptors. But uh, the third best player in franchise history is Antonio Davis. Yeah, I, I buy that. He's a fine. Actually, no, the third best player in franchise history is, uh, as far as Pete goes, is, is Kyle Lowry. Uh, mm-hmm. then you have to go with Antonio Davis. And Antonio Davis is a fine player, but when he's clearly in the top five players in Raptors history, in franchise history, that's um, that's not a good thing for your franchise, probably, even if it's been around for only 20 years. Yeah, I just some of these names. That, like, I went through it, and I wrote down some of the funnier names. Like, obviously, we all remember Andrea Bargnani, right? Ugh, what a yeah. disappointment that turned out being. Mike James, Bino Udra. Do you remember when Roko Uchik was... Uh, yeah, he was supposed to be a big deal. Yeah, remember that two-week stretch <laughs> when the, the Croatian flags were being like passed around in the crowd? Jamario Moon. Uh, and, of course, Hafa Arujo, one of the one of the all-time great draft picks. Uh, here's the thing about that Arujo pick. Uh, yeah. It was a bad, bad, bad pick, and everyone knew it at the time. And, and it's one of those, uh, those weird... Uh, those weird situations where basically everyone who's doing the draft is like, oh, you took that guy way too early. What are you doing? But look at the rest of that first round. Andre Iguodala is the next pick, and Andre Iguodala obviously was a key player on the best regular season team in the history of the NBA. So that's something. But if you Mm -hmm. look at the rest of the first round of the 2004 NBA draft, the picks after Iguodala. There's a few in there. Robert Swift, Sebastian. 
Justin Telfair, Chris Humphreys, Al Jefferson, a good player. I'd take any – honestly, uh, there's at least three names I've seen. Well, Humphreys, Jefferson, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, these are all better players than Arujo, but it's not like the Raptors missed out on a murderer's row of Hall of Famers is all I'm saying. It's true. No. Yeah. Josh Kirk Smith. Snyder. Josh Snyder is fine. J.R. Smith. Yeah. Um, Darrell Wright, and the Raptors eventually get his brother. But, uh, you know, the, the point stands. Um, it, it, it wasn't like, oh, man, they passed on guy X, and he turned out to be amazing. It just is taking a very, very, very bad basketball player with the eighth overall pick, which is still suboptimal. This was a not bad. Too. I'm looking at 2004 right now. Not a bad draft for my Boston Celtics. Al Jefferson, Delonte West, Tony Allen in the first round. I mean, yeah, you're not breaking out any championships with those. No, three. no, no. Those, but those are good picks. Yeah, those are three NBA players or, yeah. or were NBA players at one point in their. Yeah, and you're talking about in a couple of those uh, cases the the back of the draft. And now Jefferson mm-hmm. turns into Kevin Garnett, who turns into three unprotected first-round picks from Brooklyn. They're still yep. still the benefits of the Al Jefferson pick. <laughs> That's true. Oh man. Um, when I when I met, uh, we uh, we uh, had the pleasure of being able to hang out uh, Saturday night, and I asked you how you were feeling going into the game, and you said you were at about five out of ten, which basically felt going in you thought it might have been a coin flip. Yes. I now this is easier for me to say because I have no investment in in which way it went either way. But and I, I don't mean to say this to seem like you know I was making you know going out on some giant limb with the prediction here. But I did say to me the way that series was played and it was one of the worst series from like seven game series you'll ever see because it was not well played by either team. And because either team did not play very well, I just I was looking at it. I'm like, there's no way a road team is winning a game seven the way those two teams are playing, right? Like it just wasn't going to happen. I, I mean, the, I, the, unless Dwayne Wade somehow found like the rejuvenation machine before game seven, I just didn't see it. And I'll tell you, the Raptors showed a little bit of guts after they lost uh, Valanciunas to to win this series. Because I'll, I'll admit, I thought when I heard Valanciunas was was out that the Raptors might have been done. Here's the thing, though: when uh, Valanciunas and Whiteside go out at the same time, you're kind of like, yes, that's you true. know what I mean. Uh, Miami, if, if, if Miami keeps Whiteside in in the series and the Raptors lose Valanciunas, things get way, way, way worse, way, yeah. way, way worse. Um, so it kind of worked out in, a, in an odd way that way, um, but. It's just uh, it's it's nice to be in the conference finals. It's nice to be there. And yeah, you know what? They might get swept. Like let's, yeah. let's let's be honest here. There's a chance that a lot of, a they lot might of people get are picking a lot of people are picking Cavs in three. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's a like, chance that there's a chance that happens. Um, the most generous, I, actually, of all the ones I've seen, I, I I haven't seen one like quote unquote expert on any of the outlets that I've I've seen pick the the. The Raptors, and I think the most generous outcome I've seen as far as the Raptors go is a couple people picked Cavs in six. Yeah, um, which like it's it's just Cleveland's very good. Valanciunas isn't playing games one and two, mm-hmm. um, and who knows if he'll be ready for game yeah. three, right? And, so. and the thing that Cleveland does, Cleveland's best lineup is LeBron at the four, right? That's yeah. Cavs are the best. Whether it's Thompson or Love at the five, LeBron at the four is Cleveland's best lineup. I think we can agree with that. The reason they don't like to do that so much is because, well, we don't want LeBron down there banging with the bigs and all the way through. Um, if the Raptors are going to be playing Patrick Patterson at the four for a lot of stretches, if they're going to be playing 
whoever else at the four. Biombo? Uh, Biombo's going to be exclusively play the five when he's in there. But yeah. whoever Toronto plays at the four is not going to be someone that LeBron is thinking to himself, oh, I don't want to deal with this. You know? Mm-hmm. Whereas that is kind of just going right into what Cleveland wants to do. I think that their mm-hmm. best team is LeBron at the four, Thompson at Love at the five, Kyrie at the one, and then just figure it out from there. You know what I mean? Like, um, if LeBron is just running around the floor the floor, and he's, he's playing the power forward position, they're in a really good spot. And I think they're going to be able to do that against the Raptors. And I'm not sure the Raptors are going to be able to uh, make them pay for it. And I love Patrick Patterson. Good player. But you don't see him as someone who is physically going to be able to really, really get after LeBron, obviously, right? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, does Bismack Biombo get a... Do, do you think some team overpays for him based on that Game 7 performance in the offseason? Uh, yeah, the Raptors have him for next year, though. Oh, they do? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. never mind. Oh, I thought, uh, well, let me look at that. He might be an option. One second. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I heard that he was an option, which is... Yeah, and if it is an option, obviously he's going to not exercise that option. He's going to get paid this option. Yeah. Uh, like, can't you see Bismack Biombo nope. in in a? Sorry, no. Uh, oh, they have it. They have Bismack Biombo locked in for three million bucks next year. Oh, interesting. I okay. was going to say, <laughs> or at least for this. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Demar Derozan has an option. Uh, he mm-hmm. will not exercise it. I do not know if I want the Raptors to pay Derozan, but that's another conversation for a different day. I wouldn't either. I I'm I am hoping. I've got my 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 fingers crossed. My hands up to the heavens that this DeRozan to the Lakers thing is for realsies. Because if they pay, if I, nothing will thrill me more than if the Los Angeles Lakers pay DeMar DeRozan max money. The, yeah. Because that, 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 will, that will put the, uh, the Lakers into, we're spending way too much, we're, we're completely overpaying DeMar DeRozan, and we're going to be good enough that we're not making the playoffs, but we're also not getting high draft picks. And and that that will thrill me to no end. I, I I am hoping that Stephen A. Smith is is right for for a change with the. the I, I, I I would be fine I, from the Raptor perspective. Yeah. When their cap space is not as valuable as the Laker cap space, or is not as mm-hmm. sought after by players of the Laker cap space, I think it's yes. a different conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Demar Derozan has some very unique skills, some skills that a lot of guys in the NBA do not possess. One of them mm-hmm. is not shooting the ball particularly efficiently, um, but he can get to the basket and draw fouls better yes. than the vast majority of players in the NBA can. Uh, so that that skill is worth some money. Is it Absolutely. worth a max? Is he a max player? No, probably not. But if you're the Raptors and thinking to yourself, okay, where is this money going to go? It's not as easy, right? Ideally, I think you want. Like if Demar, if you're if you're winning a title with Demar Derozan on your team, doesn't he have to be your third banana? That might be true. Yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah. Which and right about, now he's here's the thing about the Raptors' second. progression. Mm-hmm. Isn't Demar Derozan already the third best player on the Raptors? Isn't Valen yeah, better if, than he is? If, uh, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say that. that and, won't the gap between Derozan and Valanciunas increase in Valanciunas's favor next season? I think. But he does. If he goes to the Lakers, he jumps from third banana. Like you've got him in a fantastic position right now. I think if 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 I was Demar Derozan, I, on paper I think it's crazy that he wants to leave Toronto because Toronto's building something, you know, somewhat decent, and the East is a fucking, you know, garbage shoot <laughs> outside of like the top two teams. 
So leaving Toronto, I think, is a mistake, especially going to the Lakers. But uh, apparently, again, apparently the mystique of the Lakers is just so good that you have to go and you have to put on those hideous jerseys and you have to play with the, you know, play in front of the people who who <laughs> who don't show up until the first quarter's half over and and just ah. But if if that's his bag, good on him. But I, I don't have to agree with it or respect it. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, but yeah, I just, I think it would be a mistake. I, I, think, I, 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 and I think it will too. We'll talk more about this towards the NBA off season. Cause there's, there's a lot more to true. think about here, but uh, yeah, if, if you look at next year's team and your starting five is Carol Lowry, you find a free agent power forward somewhere with all your cap space. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh Valanchunas and the, the, the power forward, like I said, you find as a free agent, then you can, like maybe you play Corey Joseph at the two, and then DeLon Wright, who is really good, by the way. DeLon Wright is your backup guard or, or something. You can figure something out. Either way, um, there are ways to build this year's team without DeMar DeRozan, next year's team, rather, without DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. on it that are not far-fetched that would keep the Raptors still probably the second-best team in the East. You yeah, know? I, I think so. I think, Barring I think... Kevin Durant going somewhere weird, but I don't think that's happening. No, I th- it, it, there was a chance it was happening... I think before some, I I think just, honestly, if if they'd lost that series to the to the Spurs, I, I'm sorry, I just gapped the, the Spurs name for a second there. There, there. there was the the moment there when, especially during Game Two, right before they made a big run, where it looked like Durant was kind of staring down Westbrook. and I could kind of see the cracks unfolding. And then, as a Celtics fan, and you know, a team with infinite cap space and infinite picks and mm-hmm. seemingly would seem like a decent destination for uh, Kevin Durant. I started drooling a little bit and then of course it happened. And now I'm like, ah, he's not going anywhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm like the only way I think, I think the odds of him leaving went from like a pretty slim 10% down to a nearly non-existent 1%. Because I think that one, the, the only way I see Durant leaving is if they get swept by Golden State and Russell Westbrook just goes full Kobe Bryant the entire series. Yeah. And neither of those things are happening. So we'll move on to next season with, I, 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 I go back to my original plan of I think Durant re-signs with Oklahoma for one more season. Uh, he he gets that one year deal before the cap increases in. I, I think that they're both going to realize, hey, you know, it's not often where you have two guys in the prime of their career that are among the best five guys mm-hmm. in the league. Are they like they're both in the best five guys in the league, right? Well, it's funny that you mention that because every time I hear somebody say how good Durant and Westbrook are, the number of what they are in the top of seems to increase every time somebody says it. Like originally it was, you know, Westbrook and Durant, they're they're top three. I mean, it's them and LeBron, right? And then all of a sudden it well, was Curry's well, now there, obviously. Yeah, all of a sudden it was Westbrook and Durant are top five, and now I've heard some people say top seven and then top ten, and I'm just like, well, where are they? Well, they're clearly in. The, I think I settle on there. They're both in the top five. I think they might be both in the top four. Who's who's with wow. them other than LeBron and Curry? You hmm. can talk about Kawhi Leonard, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Kawhi Leonard's better than either of those guys. Chris Paul on certain nights. Yeah, I, I still would rather fair. have uh, have both those guys and Chris Paul. I agree. Yeah, but uh, on on some nights it is it is Chris Paul. But um, yeah, man, I just I I I I don't think they. I'm I'm firmly in the in the thing that I I don't think that they leave. Did you know the Thunder are six to one right now? 
That's a really good bet. I know. <laughs> That's why I, brought, I thought you might like that one. I saw that this morning, and I was like, six to one? Are you kidding me? Like, if, if they play this series six times, them and Golden State, they win at least two of those times, I think, don't they? Yeah, of course you're betting them to then beat the Cavaliers. I know, this is true. I, think I know there the Cavaliers would rather see the Thunder than the... Uh, the, oh, absolutely. Than the Warriors. I think yeah. there are some matchup problems with the Cavaliers for the Thunder. Whereas the Thunder, their best lineup, at least against San Antonio, was the two bigs out there, Adams and uh, Adams and Cantor. I think mm-hmm. if you play that lineup against Cleveland, the Cavaliers are like, yes, please. We'll, yeah, we'll put Love at the four, Thompson at the five, LeBron at the three. Let's go. Um, I don't think you can not, not that Billy Donovan would. Billy Donovan, by the way, uh, was, was fantastic in the second round. And I, I felt good about that because he's my guy. Um but I, I think that the lineup that Oklahoma, that Oklahoma City was the most successful with against San Antonio, I don't think you can play against Cleveland. It's hmm. a different story. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Huh. I mean, I, I just, I really like the Thunder. <laughs> Six to one. May, I mean, maybe I just place a couple bucks. Just a couple bucks for fun. Um, draft lotteries tomorrow night. I'll be very excited. And hopefully the Celtics don't fall like they seemingly do every draft. Although it's not their pick. They've done historically well when the picks haven't been theirs. When the high picks have been theirs, they tend to fall. But, uh, 1997, for example. Yeah, hopefully I didn't uh, jinx anything there. Oh, what was the other one? Um, 97. Frickin' well, the Durant draft. They they had the... Yes, they did. But that turned yeah. into the 2008 title. They they finished top True. two there. Then the Garnett thing doesn't happen. The Allen thing doesn't happen. The whole Yeah, I just remember it was it, it went from like because like, this is this is how significant the gap in NBA talent is when you draft. The Celtics went from okay, we're going to get the one the number one pick, we're going to draft Kevin Durant, and we're going to have this guy for the next decade. To oh shit, we fell in the draft, and now we're watching footage of Yi Jian Leon because we're talking about we're going to draft that guy with the fifth overall pick, right? Like that's that's how far like that's how far shit turns in the NBA. Like that's just how quickly it can turn on you. It's true. You go from. Durant, Yi Jian Leon, good lord. Yeah, well, and well, the, the thing about the rest of that, uh, the, the the top end of that class, uh, you had Durant second, and Al Horford was a third pick in that draft, and he's had, yeah. I'd say, a very very good career. Mike Conley was the fourth mm-hmm. pick in that draft, so yeah, yeah Yi Jian Leon was a uh, was a mistake, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. it. Um, it, 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 it still was uh, a, a pretty good draft, I'd say. Corey Brewer going ahead of Joachim Noah which is something I talked about quite a bit at the time as someone who watched a significant amount of basketball that they played mm-hmm. at the University of Florida uh, that I did not think was a good idea for an NBA team, but uh, that's the way it went. That was, a, that, was, that was a fun draft, though. Yeah, a lot of fun. So let's shift gears here, and since everybody else is talking about it, we might as well come spend a, a few minutes on the little uh, Donnybrook that happened in uh, Texas last night between the Jays and the... The, the Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers. What was your, and I realize this is this is a dumb question to ask, but, but what was your biggest takeaway from the the bunch of nonsense that, that went on yesterday afternoon? Um, I don't know. Well, for starters, like, the Raptors are winning the playoff series in the second round for the first time in franchise history. Yeah. And then I have to change my, I have to go picture in picture. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, I talked about that on the on the radio show today. Um, I just think that Odor sucks. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, oh, he's a good baseball player, but he's a dick. 
Uh, oh, yeah. And, like, there's... To get like, over things. Uh, yes. It's, uh... It, it was backflip back four months ago. It was backflip, and they, they played the Jays seven times this year, and then it's the last at bat against the Jays to do that. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, they got probably the most respectable human being you could find to be the guy who drilled Batista, Bush, too. Of course. Yeah, yeah you, 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 want, you want it to be him, right? You don't want it to be uh, somebody who Batista would charge, I guess. They did it for someone who they didn't care if that person got suspended. That's true. That and also, I mean, you're not going to charge him, right? I mean, only only one person on either of those teams has actually killed before. <laughs> uh, yeah, not good. And uh, man, the, I just the Batista slide was hard, but it wasn't dirty. Certainly not. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't Rubenet Odor dirty. No, because he's uh, had several bad slides. Are way worse. Than I'm not sure if yeah, Brandon Morrow, uh, former Blue Jay, took it upon himself on Twitter to. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw this, but he posted something along the lines of, uh, uh, it's it something akin to, uh, it's like boy Rubenet Odor is is throwing stones from his glass house or something like that, and then showed four different had four different slides of Odor doing takeout slides, including the disgusting one he did to Johnny to Gio Vitella last year when he went spikes up into his shin when the ball was already in right field and was like it was just completely unnecessary. Like Runet Odor like I, I don't like to just whip out the term scumbag all the time because I want it to have meaning. But he's he seems like a scumbag to me. And uh but boy, did he connect with that right hand! Like we've seen some terrible punches in the history of all sports, because for some reason all these finely tuned athletes don't seem to know how to throw a punch. But yeah, that uh, that Odor punch was right on the button. It was a little he, he threw with the shoulder. He didn't get a lot of body into it, so it, it only stunned Batista. But yeah, at least he didn't embarrass himself with the punch he threw. No, that's true. He did not do that. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it was it was a good punch. It was a good punch. Uh, but what did you think of Donaldson's uh, like flying in like he was like like his Goldberg spear? Rope. Yeah, yeah, he did uh, like a Goldberg. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. He might get suspended. We're gonna find out. Yeah, definitely. Tori says I don't know. Yeah. Like Bautista probably has to sit for a couple games. Odor's got to sit for at least ten. Yeah, I was gonna say punches in the historically punches thrown and connecting in the Major League Baseball have meant at least ten games. Yeah, so I think that's probably Pilar and. Donaldson, I'm guessing, are gone for at least five. You would think so. I wonder if the Jays, in fact, I'm quite certain they will, uh, have some guys appeal and some guys not and strategically drop appeals at certain times to make sure yeah. the suspensions aren't simultaneous. I can't see Batista getting more than one or two. Can I'd you? be surprised. Yeah, like if he got five, I, that, I, would, I would take issue with that. Donaldson and Pilar getting five or more even – I will take no issue with because those guys came flying in like bat like they basically look like the the old tag team the Road Warriors and just came in there like I mean it was I great. Wish it was, apparently Sam Dyson got his head like a little bit busted open. I kind of wish I saw a little more of that. Really? Yeah, oh, Jason Phillips, and, the Jays bullpen catcher, apparently did it. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> the bullpen catcher so rarely gets a chance to get involved in the actual game. So why the heck not? Um, Incarnacion, apparently, I didn't see any clips of this, but people were saying he shoved an umpire. Oh, really? Yeah. So I haven't seen that either. That's a, that's I haven't seen that either, but I, I have multiple, I've, I heard multiple sources talking about that today. I mean, like, and like, not that I have sources. I mean, I was like watching ESPN and they said he did it. And then some other radio program said he was shoving a umpire, which that could be bad because that, 
I'm not sure. What do, what do you think you'd get? Ten for shoving an umpire? Something like that? Uh, probably, I, if that's what happened. Yeah, I, I had not seen that, though. No, I'm hoping it's not true. But uh, if, if it happened, I guess it happened. But uh, Gibbons has got to get suspended for a couple of games. I'm not sure. I don't know. How long do you, do you, do you just give a manager one game for coming back on the field after he'd already been tossed? Probably or? not. No? No, because he's not only that, but he's done that before, too. Yeah, that's true. Repeat of, is a repeat offender a thing in... in uh, I don't think for managers. It's all like it is in hockey. <laughs> no, I don't think it is for managers, but that might like be the uh, the unsaid portion of the decision. We'll see. It's, yeah. it's going to be an interesting thing on Tuesday to see what happens. I just can't believe that the whole thing that has started this was a bat flip that happened four months ago in Game 5. Like, a bat flip that was absolutely called for, right? Like, Yeah, uh, it's because the Rangers are babies. Sam Dyson was a baby after the game. Cole Hamill yeah. was just stop, like grow oh, up yeah. a little bit, like stop crying and it, yeah, uh, play, it was play baseball very, and don't wait seven yeah. games to hit a guy. Yeah, and it it was very just very pee pants. They got very pee pants about it. I yep. just I couldn't believe that. It's just I don't know. Now my question to you: If the shoe, if if all the rules in this are completely reversed. Is Rubnet Odour a, a hero in Toronto for, for decking Batista? I think with some people, yes, but I would not yeah. be a fan. I would say, okay, the bat flip, whatever. Like, I wouldn't care. If, if, if someone from the Kansas City Royals did a bat flip in the ALCS, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's your God-given right if you win a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. To, to do that, yeah. Nope. Uh, I don't know. I, I agree. I just... I, <laughs> I mean, Ty Domi was beloved figure in, in Toronto. That's and, true. I, oh, wow. I think there'd be some. There'd be a lot of fans that would have loved it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been one of them. Okay, I agree. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I, I hope I wouldn't be, to be honest with you, but I don't know. Maybe I would have liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope not. Because, I mean, I, I that said – I mean, I'm a fan of the Colorado Avalanche, and when Buddy, when when Claude Lemieux took out Chris Draper, I wasn't celebrating that in any kind of fashion, right? Like I was like, God, I remember watching that, going, God, damn it, man! Like <laughs> I remember not knowing what to do because I'm just like, I don't know what to do, but yeah. So I, I I hope if the shoe was on the other foot, I wouldn't I wouldn't be cheering or because. Do you think in Texas, like, because we sold bat flip t-shirts here in, in Toronto, do you think Texas will be throwing, like, TKO, like, shirts and, and... Yeah, I, I think, uh, I would, I would, I would assume so. It would, like, there, of course, is always going to be the people that are do, doing something like that. Yeah. That's true. I like, well, I, would love to say, no, no, our fan base is too classy for that, but that's just, that's just a lie. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, that's a lie. That's a lie for any fan base. It, it really is. Like any fan base who claims that they that there isn't at least a small part of their. Basically, every fan base has douchebags. Let's put it that way. Uh, man, I'm. I, of course, the Jays. I mean, we're we're recording this as the Jays are putting in yet another stellar performance against Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. Good. Are Are you worried about the Jays? No. Um, I. Not really. The general. The general rule that I've had as far as baseball goes is you're not allowed to start getting panicky until at least game 50. Yeah. And we're rapidly approaching game 50, and 
Whew, I mean, it doesn't look good. The, the Jays aren't hitting well, and they're about to lose a bunch of guys for a few games, and these are key guys that they're about to lose. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, one game at a time here and there, sometimes weird stuff happens. So Ezekiel Carrera has a week where he's red hot, you know. Um, yeah. But I, it's a weird Baseball. Oh, it, it is. And uh, look, I'm I'm not stressed yet, and I won't be until the end of May, if they, especially if they keep hovering around 500 like this. That's true. They are just... Um, you, you can't win a pennant. You can't win a division the first two months of the season. You can lose it, but they That's haven't true. lost it. No, they don't. 2013 don't. Jays managed to lose the division the first two months of the season. Yes. They managed oh, to God, eliminate any chance of winning. This, they're just yeah. kind of hovering there. They should be okay. Mm-hmm. I just I really wanted them to come out of the gate hot this year. With I wonder if things would be different if they didn't get that weird slide call, if they weren't the first victims of the double play slide rule in game three against the Rays. Because, man, they, were, they looked like they were humming and primed to make a run, and then that happened, and it's been, been kind of weird ever since then. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's strange. I'd like to – there's an alternate universe somewhere where I would like to know what happened. But I'll say, let's just say I'm, I'm on, on as far as on a scale of one to ten as far as the panic level goes I'm at I'm at about a four for the for the Jays. Oh, uh, John Gibbons was just ejected again. I don't oh, know of course, he, uh, of course he was. So the Blue Jays showing uh, showing showing some heart after that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, whatever. It's, it's been it's, a tough it's, season. It's, it's, That's all. It's, it's been a, a weird season. season. It's been a weird. Yeah, season. Yeah, weird to be a Jays fan this year. I don't know what to make of it, but at least they're sort of relevant again, so I'll take that. Uh, Craig Needles, good talking to you. Good luck against Cavaliers. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I I don't think the Raptors are going to win. This is kind of gravy from here on in. It's been obviously the best yeah. season in franchise history. They hosted the All-Star game. They won you know, the, the most games they've ever won in team history. They've won eight playoff games. Uh, this is, this Great is, memes have not occurred yep, yet. This is, uh, so. this is gravy. And I actually feel like I kind of have the the NBA situation boxed here because for, for just about everyone else, the Raptors winning is kind of like the, the, the worst case scenario, which is it's unlikely, but it's kind of the worst case scenario. But for me, that's the best case. And then your other options are the city of Cleveland wins a title, which mm-hmm. I feel good about Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook win their first title. Yeah, that would stop, stop a lot of talking. Heads. Yep. Or you have the Warriors cement their position as perhaps the greatest team in the history of the NBA. Yeah. Which I'm, I, I just want – I'm rooting for the Warriors, but as you just laid it out there. There isn't a lot of bad scenarios here. Yeah, I don't there's, think there's, there's, yeah, there's No, I don't think there's – yeah. There's no bad scenarios as as far as from where I'm sitting because none of the – I don't hate any of these teams that are in there and, and wish ill upon any of them. And But if if I had to choose one, i got to go with the Warriors because I can't live with the, 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 the talking heads that would just say that – well, they shouldn't have gone for the record. And, yeah, and, and oh, yeah, they broke the record, but they didn't win the title that year. You know, I just, oh, God, I couldn't stand it. And so uh, for that reason and that reason alone, I'm I'm pulling for the Warriors. But if they don't win, not going to be heartbroken. Uh, once again, thanks for uh, talking sports again, Craig. Uh, I I very much enjoyed it. You have, yeah, when's, uh, the, when's what? When When's the next time we're going to get you on? I mean... Well, NBA. we'll see if anything happens interesting in this playoff series. That's true. We got a little sports lull coming up after. I mean, we still once the playoffs are over because it'll be just baseball for a little bit, and then, bam, football before you know it, and and you'll be back on in weekly fashion. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but we'll get you on sometime. But 
Yeah, uh, we'll figure. No, when in the near future, but yeah, we'll figure. We'll, we'll play it by ear. Figure out. Maybe Jays will get in another fight this weekend, and we'll 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 have you on to talk about that. Fingers All right. Uh, yeah. Take care, good sir. Have a good one.